0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, from our Santa Monica studios, and we are in the thick of Indian Wells 2023. Special guest on this week's show. He's been on the podcast a bunch. You can find him on the Lucky Let Court podcast. He writes for Tennis Now. Even seen a couple of his columns on the BMP Paribas Open website, All Tournament. He's on site, in the thick of it, from dusk till dawn. It's the fan child, Chris Otto. Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. Excited to have you back. And uh, again, no shortage of stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah, Mitch, good to be back. Good to, good time to chat. As um, A lot of stuff happened at Indian Wells weekend just started. Um, lots of big matches coming up.
0: So how has it been for you being there, you know, feet on the ground? I know it's not your first rodeo, but this event in particular it's got so much recognition and deservedly so for being, you know, the fifth major, for winning all the awards for facilities and tennis experience and I can vouch for that going there. Just just the setup and everything they do well, they do it big and proper. But how has it been, you know, with your feet on the ground covering it and just seeing the entire spectacle of Indian Wells? That I think people had forgotten with the unfortunate events of the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's nice. It's it's a good scene over there. It's definitely grown over the years and it gets a quite crowded on you know the first weekend when everybody's in play you know any any tennis player that you wish to come see is likely going to be in action on that first weekend so it gets a little crowded but not overcrowded Mm -hmm. it's a great buzz there's there's like eight or nine stadiums from large to small to medium it's pretty much something for everybody there's the practice court experience there's been Great weather. It hasn't been as warm as usual, but it's still pretty much perfect. You can't ask for much more. And in terms of the the way that the tournament takes care of us, the media, in the press room, awesome layout. Uh, I think you've been in that press room, so uh, you just step out into Stadium One. you got a little balcony anytime you want, and then it's not too hard to get around the grounds and see everything else either. So it still has a little bit of a small-town feel. Mm but it's, it's such a world-class event. There's so
0: much going on, and, and the quality of tennis just high. Yeah, this past Monday, Tuesday, there was a couple night sessions where it was three courts all the way through that were just loaded with some of the best players in the world, and you can't beat that at any event, let alone you know such a cool experience. A lot of ways we can start with this. Uh, I want to talk about the number two, could-be-number-one player in the world at the end of this tournament, Carlos Alcaraz. He comes back from his... Uh, injury and unfortunate circumstances there missing the Aussie Open getting banged up against uh, Cam Nori in Rio but he's back like he never left looking spectacular as always into the quarterfinals and picked up his 100th win in the second fastest time only John McEnroe by one match got there first but for mm. Alcaraz Chris I, I look at him and and marvel at his movement his easy power that he generates but also the fact that he can just step on and off different courts, different surfaces, and adjust his game no problem. It doesn't seem like there's much of a calibration that's needed for a player like him. Yeah,
1: good point. I mean, he's this is a guy who's gifted in all areas of the game. He's he's built himself just a great base of tennis. He's, he can do all the things on a tennis court. He's not by any means a one trick pony. You know, he can do it all. And as we've seen in these last three matches. I think it's been three yeah. not dropping a set a little bit of a short one against Draper who wasn't who wasn't fit but when he's healthy he's mm-hmm. like as good as we saw at the Australian Open there hasn't really been a letdown in his level of play we saw that as he stepped out of the court his first tournament of the year winning in Buenos Aires and then the hamstring started to bother him in Rio which I think has a little bit to do with his loss to Cam Norrie by the way no shame listen to Cam Norrie the guy's an absolute beast but Yeah, it's exciting having Carlitos at this tournament. There's definitely a different energy when he plays. The fans are really starting to connect with them. He's starting to connect with the fans. One thing that was tricky, I will tell you, Mitch, is that I was here on the the Sunday before anything even started, and we're kind of like, where is Carlitos? We knew he was struggling with health issue, and it took a while for him to show up and hit Mm -hmm. the practice courts. But um, it looks like he's perfect health. You never can tell with a player, right? right? But everything he says checks out and also everything he does his body language the amount of joy that he's that he has it, in himself and that he's sharing with the people shows that I think he's 100 healthy so yeah. I think we're going to see a great match today with FAA
0: yeah to be to be young right I mean it's great to have that easy recovery that he has as a teenager and uh, I agreed with what he said too when he's rowing it's that forehand down the line that's the shot that I mean he's yeah. great regardless but when that's going it's tough and I was at the Kakanakis match, and I just thought watching him with the the things I mentioned, the power and the movement, that you have to, and maybe this is where Felix and some of the other elite, elite players have their chance to beat him, is you have to do it tactically because if you're just going to sit and hit with him and and run stuff down, he's built for it, probably better than any player outside of maybe Novak Djokovic in the sport. Cam Nori again, the injury, we don't want to gloss over that, but you have to mix it up. You have to you know, try different tactics because this player already at his stage in the game is too good.
1: Yeah. He's, he's like a tough guy to make miss, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to all the things he does that, that he can, he can do it with his aggressive nature, with the forehand down the line, with the diversity of the drop shots, he's got a big serve. It's like one of the few guys really that can handle this surface and hit through it and yeah. play serious, like a first strike and aggressive tennis. We've seen how many players have trouble to hit winners on these courts. And, and the players who are tactically sound and can set up mm-hmm. points, which Carlitos can do with his clay court background and, and the, the tremendous diversity of his skill set, He's a guy that's able to hit through this court and, and finish points with winners. And that mm-hmm. is really um, an important skill to have in these courts. And not many players have it.
0: Right. And Chris, I have to ask you, cause you foul, not just tennis, obviously a big hockey guy, foul sports historically and some of the great rivalries in the history of of athletics, where does this budding rivalry between Daniil Medvedev and the Indian Wells hard courts rank on your <laughs> sports list? Oh man, I think it's funny.
1: First and foremost, I think Daniil is is just like such a character, and yeah. I think he brings so much to the game. I mean you know people could take offense to what he says I mean if sure if you're if you if you're a, the tournament director Tommy Haas at Indian Wells you <laughs> might be saying what is this guy like dissing our hard courts for right but he needs to let off steam during these matches and, and really that's that's kind of what he's doing and he's been very apologetic for it after in press he's so funny saying like I don't want to distract anybody I love the tournament I don't want to be misconstrued. I just don't like the speed of these courts but yeah. I think if it's really bothering him and if he's really struggling with it, I think he needs to think about it a little bit more yeah. constructively about, you know, f- figure out ways to problem solve and have success on these courts. And you know what? He has. Mm. So, I mean, he's, he maybe sound, he maybe sounds like he's being a baby about these courts or maybe you're thinking, "Wow, well, this guy's terrible on a slow surface. But he's proven himself to be pretty solid in this tournament. And he's played some great tennis yeah. despite having a twisted ankle that was problematic despite jamming his thumb and thumb rather than bleeding on the court and not liking the surface. Here he is in the Sammys riding an 18-match winning streak, playing the best tennis he has in years. So it's a very exciting storyline for this tournament and for the ATP
0: season. 18 in a row is impressive no matter how you cut it. And just to kind of add context to this, he does have points that this is a slow court. I think we all agree. Even Hawkeye ran the numbers. I saw Robbie Koenig's tweet where you can run the numbers and see that it is a slower court, 100%. And he is better on faster courts he prefers it there's there's no shame in that what, what strikes me and you mentioned it you know he vents and it's it's that classic scene from white man can't jump like he is able to play better through it like this isn't a player that sulks and gets upset and then just pouts tanks and loses it he digs back in so it's almost like he's working his way through these these thoughts these feelings and he is problem solving and it's it's fun to see it's entertaining in one regard but he's also backing it up and coming up with impressive wins. Ivashka takes him to three. Then he beats Verev, follows that up with the bad ankle, straight sets over Davidovich, Fakina, who's been playing well. The stat that jumps out to me and just the, the part of his game that jumps out to me, Chris, is he is amazing when he's breakpoint down. Like, the numbers are outstanding. And maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's the fact that he is be able to play aggressive and, and stay locked in. But what are you seeing on these big moments when he's having to save breakpoints that makes Medvedev so special? that's
1: yeah, a little bit magical right it's just, it's just having an answer for 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 a question over and over again six for six break point saves i think against David mm-hmm. mm-hmm. village Fulcino, who played great tennis guys so entertaining it was a great watch yesterday it's a really close six three seven five match yesterday And I think it could have been easily three sets. It could have easily been like a barn burner, but you're right. I think we saw that a lot in his last winning streak when he was able to win 20 in a row. And when he's playing his best winning tournaments, he's able to rear back and fire the serve almost like without even thinking about it, just hit his spots. And I think that serve when, when he's. When he adds that serve into his already world-class game, it makes him so much more lethal. He's able to really dictate on the points and and be more aggressive and confident. And It's just like the confidence is just snowballing right now. So, yeah, the surface definitely, by the way, let's go back to it. Really gritty hard courts. The balls get fluffed almost immediately, and it is really slow for everybody who's playing there, whether it's a hot, sunny day, which has been better for the players or one of these night sessions where it's actually below 50 degrees sometimes and super slow conditions so definitely a little bit different type of tennis that we're seeing at this tournament compared to the others
0: yeah and if he wins this tournament i mean this is as impressive as any of the ones including the one where he beat novak djokovic in like this for his game to do this four in a row would be nuts We'll see two matches away. One quick thing on one of the opponents he beat. It is nice to see Alexander Zverev, I think, starting to round into form. He had that traumatic ankle injury physically and mentally, obviously. It weighed a lot on him. He's starting to kind of show some things. He was right there with Medvedev, obviously. Wanted to win that match, was not able to. But it's good to see Zverev starting to regain some of that elite form.
1: Yeah, I think think we knew at the minute he hit the court this year that it was going to take some time, in my opinion, been a little quicker than i thought it might be because that was a serious injury tearing three ligaments in his right ankle kind of relearning how to move and how to be comfortable moving and you know he's he's a baseliner he's he's moving the court quite a bit big guy great to see him playing better i think he's going to be a factor on the clay and yeah i mean i was expecting him to beat sparrows but he's still probably not quite where he wants to be but yeah look out later in the season
0: we with Chris Otto here on Tennis Channel Inside, and as we break down Indian Wells 2023, we're into the final stages of the tournament, and it's a good time to segue into some of the American stuff and what better place to start than Taylor Fritz, and he continues to roll. He's gone deep into this event several years in a row, won the title last year, and Chris, he's playing like it's his tournament, like he's the gatekeeper for not only this event, but for American men's tennis you watch Taylor Fritz play; and it's been almost a virtuoso performance. Had a tough match with Ben Shelton in there. Was able to beat Fusevich in straight sets. Moves into the quarterfinals where he'll play today against Yannick Center. But I see weapons, and I don't really see many weaknesses with Taylor Fritz.
1: Yeah, he's so confident. He's so he's so reliable right now. It's it's awesome to see what he's been able to do. Every step that he's hit, he's you know in his rankings and with the achievements he's been able to to grab on tour, he's never taken a step back. He just keeps moving forward. The kid is so driven and he comes off very laid back, very chill, but I I think he's one of the most driven guys among the American men. He's the perfect leader for this group of American men that we have, the 10 guys in the top 50, two others, Francis, who's still in the draw, which Mm -hmm. is awesome, Mm -hmm. and Tommy Paul, who, geez, if he would have converted one of his six match points Mm -hmm. against Felix, he'd still be in the draw, but three Americans in the top 20, Taylor's definitely the leader. I think he's aware of it although he's I asked him in press the other day, you know, do you take pride in the fact that you are a leader and I think he was careful about what he would say to his buddies and yeah. you know he said I don't know if I'm the leader. I think that I've shown them what is possible because we're all equals we all grew up together we've all been beating on each other since the under 14s (laughs) and they saw me win this tournament last year and then they thought we i can do it too so in that sense i'm pleased that i can you know set the tone for the american men and he certainly has and everything you said is true so reliable got such a powerful game you know he maybe he's not the ultra sexy game that that some other these players maybe that francis has or that carlos has but He's making the boat, the most of what he has. And he's, he's just such a, just a forceful player executes his patterns. So smart, analytically, tactically knows how he's going to approach every match against every opponent. I just love what he's
0: doing, man. Yeah. Maybe not the leader, but the in the lead right now, I think is how he looks at it. And, and you bring up a good point that he's got that. I don't want to say chill, but like, he's got that attitude <laughs> and that mindset where maybe he's built the best to handle the pressure of being in that number one spot for now and to be able to take that on his shoulders. Because a lot of guys, a lot of great tennis players even might crack under that pressure. But you hit the nail on the head when you talk about tactically he's smart. He has different game plans. He knows how to attack different opponents. And he's big in big moments. And you can say the same for Francis Tiafoe right now because he continues to roll into his first Masters 1000 semifinal. That win over Cam Norrie was ultra impressive to me because we were just talking about how tough cam nori is how much of a fighter how good he is tactically and francis was able to essentially in a lot of that match hit him off the court and come up big when he needed to his serve has really been a crucial part of his game i don't want to gloss over that the serve has always had a lot of mph behind it but he's coming up big break point down game points with the big serves when he needs it and it's just been special to watch the continued growth of big Fo.
1: yeah i mean Great performance yesterday. I think that there was a cool moment early in the match where I think it was second game, love 15, Francis had a very slow start. Rain came down, maybe a 15-minute rain delay. Got back on the court, played one point, and Francis, I think, lost the point, took a break. Very veteran baller move yeah. there. Just walked off the court, sat down, said it's still a little wet, collected himself, came back, and was lights out from that point on. But he was able to rush Cam Nori hug the baseline use his athleticism brilliantly in that match uh the the backhand cross court to court to Nori's forehand seemed to pay a lot of dividends you saw mm-hmm. you saw a lot of errors from from Cam Nori and I don't think it was because Nori was having a bad day I think Francis made him have a bad yeah. day I just love the way he's getting to net using his athleticism yeah you said the serve is popping the confidence is there First Masters 1000 semifinal, long time coming. I think yeah. it's going to be, uh, we're going to see it a little more regularly from Francis in the not too distant future.
0: I read the article you put up on the BMP Paribas website with your interview with him. It was, it was well done. It was revealing to hear what he had to say about the growth and just with Wayne Ferrara, his coach, staying in the progression one day at a time. And it was so fascinating because you look at the parallels from when he, as we referenced in that piece, the Australian Open breakthrough, makes that quarterfinal, then has to deal with the expectations at a point when he admittedly said he wasn't quite ready for it. Now a little older, the U.S. Open happens. That's why I love this crop of American talent. They all have big moments, and they just keep it going. You could even say, obviously, Tommy Paul lost in this tournament, but backs up Aussie Open with a the final in Acapulco and another great performance in Indian Wells. So I like the never-settling mentality that these top American men have.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and the guys behind them are going to be coming too. Sebi when he's healthy, Sebastian Corda, mm-hmm. Ben Shelton put in a great <laughs> performance against Taylor Fritz. That was one heck of a match. I mean, you, TV, it's easy to see why he's got a bright future. That lefty so so serve, much going on.
0: That lefty serve, it's going to be tough, especially the first time you see it. I feel like it's going to be tough for these guys on tour.
1: Yeah, and he just storms in behind it and cleans up. I mean, it's, it's, almost, it's virtually impossible to deal with him when you're returning. So, yeah, I mean, great. But back to Francis, just briefly – it's just it's just so exciting to have him making these steps, and he, I got to say his press conference yesterday w- was one of the best press conferences I've ever been at. I mean, he's just he's got this light in his eyes. He's just so funny and charismatic. You just can't get enough of the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's so fun to watch. He's attracting fans too. You're getting people who are outside the tennis bubble that just want to watch his matches. It's great. Uh, and yeah. then I, I wanted to mention that. Tough match for Tommy Paul, but on the flip side, Felix showing a lot of guts in that win. Six match points down, showing some maturity issues. And really, you know, there was the one point where it was a little bit of a miss hit where it dropped in. Luck happens, which it does in this cruel sport of tennis. But I was equally impressed with, I think, five of those six points were Felix just going for it, trusting his serve, trusting his weapons. That win, I think, is going to pay dividends. We'll, we'll get to the, the match with Alcaraz later, but I feel like Felix kind of exercising some of those demons. And remember, he didn't really have success later in tournaments early in his career. I think he's showing some real growth and maturity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the overlooked young guns at this point. I think people looked at those first eight ATP finals, which he all lost, and said, maybe this guy doesn't have it, you know? But, I mean, he's been coming. four titles last year, deep in, deep in grand slams now deep, deep in Masters, and if he does turn the corner and flick the switch and not have these issues that he maybe previously had with nerves, everything's there for him to be a top player, to win a slam, to win a tournament like this, to win a match like a match against Carlos Alcaraz, who, by the way, he's 3-0 and against. So I do feel that he's actually a little bit overlooked, a little bit overrated for his potential and talent right now, uh, but it doesn't seem to bother him at all, by the way.
0: Last thing on the men uh, before we switch to the women. Were you at the Holger-Runé stand match? No, I wasn't in the stadium, um, but I watched it closely. Yeah, I I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I I don't want to grandstand on this. I know that after a match, and especially after a loss, emotions are high and mistakes and, and missteps are made, but... I would just say it sounded weird to me that 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 line of that line of do you have anything to say now was what I would expect the winner of a match to say. So that that part kind of threw me off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had I interviewed Holger, I think, one on one the night before. And I was so impressed by the things he had to say about his game, about how he's planning for his future, talked about not letting things like surface affect you, that you need to be your best on any surface, and he compared himself to Novak Djokovic saying, you know, Djokovic does this, this, and this. He wins all these tournaments on all these surfaces, Mm -hmm. so why can't I do it? Um, I felt like in that match with Stan, something was wrong with Holger from the start. He had Mm -hmm. put in a pretty bad performance by his standard, which has been good lately. I almost felt like the issue with Stan... the previous match where they had the little altercation Mm. in paris was on his mind i Mm. could be wrong no i mean obviously he was thinking about it at the end of the match i mean he fought well to get into that match and make it a contest but definitely an uneven performance Mm. from Holger, one he'll have to look in the mirror about and, and want to change i don't think he played his best and i think um, kind of get going at it and scrapping with yeah. a legend like Stan Varinka is not going to win him any fans, and I think it's really, ulti- in the end, a distraction and probably mm-hmm. a place he shouldn't be going right, right now in his career.
0: Right, managing his emotions with all that talent is, is key, staying in the fight in the match itself. And then I'm also a big proponent in any sport and anything, is just you probably, if you have an issue, settle that in the locker room away from you know, the center court and everything there, but still a lot to like about Holger's game. And for Stan, he just keeps fighting and, you know, he's going to be willing to scrap with anybody. So it was good to see Stan's performance as well uh, in this tournament. It was now we go on to the women and I, there's only one place to start. It's just with the incredible Egas Fiontech. She's like a well, well well-oiled machine just keeps on (laughs) mowing through the tournaments and you know, as Jason Goodall said in the broadcast against Emma, she just wears you down. I, I continue to marvel at I think more than anything, Chris, ego's for. Her baseline game is so strong that even when she's not at her very best, it's still at a very elite level. So she, you know, doesn't give you anything and has that ability to elevate her game in the big moments. It's a tough combination to compete against. She's
1: she's really dazzled. It's it's a daunting proposition to face her, especially on this slow surface where players know. They're going to have to work. They're going to have to try and set up points and win them against her, and it's virtually impossible. Let's just say Bianca Andreescu played amazing, mm. amazing against her. It was probably some of the best tennis I saw in the whole tournament and still could not win a set.
0: Yeah, she played well. I thought Emma played well, too. And this is, you know, these are especially Andreescu, she's a disruptor the way she plays, and Ego was patient and didn't let that phase her. I look at what she does here. I mean, she's great on all surfaces, we you know, all situations. But I felt like there's only a few players, and this is no disrespect to the top, but you're starting to look at the field of who's giving her matches. And you have Sabalenka, obviously, who's, who's killing it too. Rabakina with her game, who just gets perennially overlooked. It's, it's funny that Rabakina just goes deep into every tournament, we're not talking about her as much. And then you <clears> have the, the, the true disruptor in Barbara Krejcikova, who plays such a different style has beaten Ega in a couple finals. That's probably the end of my list of players that I think could give Ega a really tough match consistently. I know upsets can happen, but do you see the field breaking that way with those three kind of separating themselves?
1: When she's playing this well, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, even the names you mentioned <laughs> on a surface like the slow surface in Indian yeah. Wells, I don't give them as much of a shot as I would elsewhere. Right. It's honestly, it's, it's mind-blowing watching her. The movement... The way she's setting up points, the consistency with, with which she's able to be ultra aggressive, hitting lines like it's nothing. Yeah. Hitting ball with such pace, such heavy spin mentally, so composed, so spot on. It's it's really I just marvel at it every time I go out and watch her live. It's it's really impressive. I'm so <laughs> glad that we have a player like this to kind of rave about, yeah. be inspired by. And, you know, she's going to ultimately bring up the level of the yeah. tour because they're going to be tired of getting bageled, getting <laughs> breadsticked. You said Emma played really well against her, and she did. But in the end, she came into press and she <laughs> said, I got a taste of what the number one player is like, relentless, <laughs> yeah. you know, moving out of the corners like it's nothing. And um, I got work to do.
0: Would you say this court, I guess, is built for her then with how slow it is? Because I feel like it's a match made in heaven. Her on this surface, especially... Like, this could be one of her tournaments, in addition to Roland Garros, obviously, for the duration of her career.
1: Yeah, it does feel like that. It does feel like she's got this as, like, a happy place (laughs) for her. There's there's no issue with it, and it just makes her that more scary. And, like, it, it makes, it lets her use also a little, a layer of physicality that I don't think her opponents quite have. She just has everybody on the string running this. You just watch your <laughs> opponents. They're just running the baseline. Yeah. And they can do it for three, four points and, and, and be on defense, but it's over. It's just, a, it's a futile effort.
0: And how about this has not lost to a player younger than her 18 and 0 <laughs> nah. on the WTA 19 and 0 at all levels. That's, that's not like <laughs> a couple matches. That's, that's anybody younger than her coming up is getting dealt with and dealt with properly. So uh, props, yeah. props to Ega on that. Just continues Problem. to do big props. Got to also say Arena Sabalenka playing well. She dismantled Coco yesterday, 6-4, love Andy Roddick was a special guest on TC Live, and he pretty much called this that this would be a one-way traffic match. And for Sabalenka's mm. perspective, the confidence is there. If you want to see an athlete brimming with confidence after finding their groove, it's how she's playing now. And she is harnessing it she's harnessing her power she's not going for as much she's understanding that there are limitations and there's caution that she should use when maybe she shouldn't have or wouldn't have before rather but I also love the fact too that you know she'll make mistakes and have mishits that would have dragged her down in the past but it's just on to the next point so the growth I think more between the ears because we know this world-class powers existed but Sabalinka is riding the tennis wave right now
1: definitely. I mean, I think she, she, I think she lost nine points on serve to Coco Goff, who's who's a hell of an athlete, hell of a returner good on slow surfaces. Aren't a lot of free points to be had Mm -hmm. off the serve on on this surface that we will talk about over and over again, that it's slow. And the serve, you know, was her problem last year and the way she's turned it around and become like a really top-notch server at the moment. is just quite impressive. Mm -hmm. It speaks to her resilience and, Her ability to look in the mirror and fix Mm -hmm. her game and that's another skill that tennis fans can definitely love we're all if you're a rec player you're all trying to figure out how to to play this you know confounding game and gosh to see her turn things around in the serve with determination and to become lights out
0: 16 and one on the year not bad not bad at all not bad the lost creature kova she was able to avenge in this tournament and the depth she gets on her return too was just impressive coco has a good first serve when it's rolling and She was getting it deep at Coco's feet, backing her up. On the flip side, you started to see Coco's forehand, unfortunately, break down a little bit under pressure. And, you know, the second serve I noticed, too, and maybe that's a credit, probably is a credit to Sabalenka, when that first serve is getting rocked a little bit and you're not sure about the second serve, she was spinning it in a little softer, and that's when Sabalenka was just teeing off on it. So, again, Coco gets to... A quarterfinal shows heart. You know the fight's always going to be there. That Peterson match was just blood and guts. You name it, but still, some things she needs to work on at the top of the game. She can get to these rounds with her athleticism, with her natural gifts, but she's finding that last level against the very best to be a tough one to crack.
1: Yeah, she's definitely got room to improve in the four. To me, it's the forehand. You know, like you'd like to say, like go spend. Every hour of your practice sessions, just changing that. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Sabalenka patched up her mm-hmm. serve so well. I, I don't see any reason why Coco, not just turning nineteen, can't really make turn that forehand from a yeah. liability to a strength. I think she has to to yeah. get where we think she can go with. And you want her to make the most of all this athleticism that she has.
0: It's t- it's got to be tough though, right, Chris? Because she can beat basically everyone, like almost everyone outside the top ten, with what she has now, but to make a big structural change physically, and what it would be mentally on you, you kind of probably have to take a step back to take two steps forward, you know, and it's, that's the tough part about being an athlete is working on something that's good, but you want it to be great. It's Tiger Woods changing his golf swing. Like we don't know if it, I mean, that's a lot of patience you have to show.
1: Yeah. That might be, you know, a couple chapters in the book that gets written about Coco golf's career when all said and done.
0: Yeah. Still super young, still super impressive. Sabalenka moves on. She plays last year's finalist. coming up next. Maria Sakri. What a performance mm-hmm. by her. She's gone three sets every match this tournament and lost the first in three of the four, but is back again into the semifinals. Petra Kvitova was up a set and a break and Sakri showing that Spartan fight yet again, gets through, rolls away in the third set. You just love the fact that, I mean, there's so much to love about her game and her approach, but you know, physically she's going to be there in the end and... Just got to get the got to get the sense that she's comfortable here too. This isn't a fluke. Now she's had some of her best results at Indian Wells in the last two years.
1: Yeah, I mean this time around, um, three of the four three setters have been from a set down tough match against Shelby Rogers, who's a giant killer, pretty much at every venue kalanina was next and i think in those two matches sakari said she wasn't playing well at all i think that's probably the best part of this run for her is that she hasn't hit peak tennis by any means really thrilled about the victory yesterday against petrick Vitova because she said she felt like an amateur so she (laughs) in the first uh, and petrick can do that take the racket out of your hand in the first set and a half but was still able to problem solve her way out of it i think the thing that's Probably the most pleasing to Sakari so- and to her fans is that she has been able to problem solve. Hasn't been in great form really yeah. since last year's run to the final. And this is a little bit of a revival for her. Yeah. There are good vibes at this place for her. I guess she likes the surface. And yeah, it's nice to see her playing well again and maybe setting the tone for for a good spring and summer as well.
0: Got that break back in the second at 40 love game, so was fighting through the end on that one. And uh, you know we'll try to improve that seven and 19 semifinal record on the WTA, which isn't great. I think a lot of that is how tough the competition is when you get to this round. But we'll see what Maria can do. That should be a barn burner. A few more things with Chris Otto before we wrap up here on Tennis Channel Inside. And we got some quarterfinal matches today. As we do this, that we want to talk about. You mentioned Felix and Carlos at the top of that list. Three and zero for Felix against Carlos. These are recent matches. One of those was a retirement. But what can Felix do to have success against the guy that has been such a backbone on this tour? Has been riding high. How can Felix keep that unbeaten streak going? Or do you see Carlos just switching the tide in this rivalry?
1: Uh, good question. I think Felix has got to execute and just be aggressive. You know, when he's playing first strike tennis, I mean, he can hang with anybody. He can dictate against anybody. He's got to just continue to do that not let the pressure of this match get in get in his head and just not overthink it really and i think he's got a good shot i think he's an elite level player that I, again i think he's un- underestimated by by lots of us and i think i was trying to figure out why carlos hasn't been able to defeat felix uh, the only thing i could come up with well one that was a retirement totally mm-hmm. scratched that from the us open in 21 where that's that one doesn't count the last two were, were a little bit late in the season yeah after Carlos had won the U.S. Open, yeah, it was Davis was probably... Cup
0: in a final and it, maybe it was the the post of you know, winning the U.S. Open. But Felix was Felix played well in those matches. And I think it was a lot of first strike tennis the serve coming in and knowing that he has to shorten rallies against this guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's going to have to do. I think I expect it to be a really uh, pretty competitive match. Probably give the edge to Carlos, given the surface mm-hmm. and given that he's in perfect mm-hmm. health. But that's one I'm pretty excited to head over there and check out today. That's no doubt about that.
0: Yannick Sinner, Taylor Fritz is the other one. Another great matchup on paper and probably in person too. Yannick Sinner's been kind of flying under the radar as well. Had that U.S. Open run, match points against Carlos. Struggled, had the losses, had some injuries. Working with Darren Cahill now. And if he's clicking on all cylinders, and I think for me it's the serve, it's obviously the health, but so solid on both sides of the court that I think he's going to give Taylor Fritz his toughest match of the tournament. And for me it's... The Fritz first serve, if it's rolling, because if it is, he's could serve anyone off the court, it seems. But if it's off and he's throwing in second serves against a guy who has such a great return, I don't know that he pulls this one off. So I think this is a coin flip match as well.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a coin flip match two years ago when Fritz was able to take out Sinner, much younger Sinner. Um, yeah. only a year and a half ago actually because it was in october of yeah. 2021 but it took him out in straight sets asked taylor about that and he just said, said you know that's a long time ago for a young player yeah. like yannick sinner so much has changed over the last 18 months he's still rapidly developing it's going to be a tour de force on on tour it's just a matter of time could be his moment in this match against taylor it's it's definitely going to be a close one and, and any chance i get to see yannick play live is is one you want to take he's such a gifted athlete he's kind of still really much stepping into his game right Mm -hmm. i love the aggression i love the fact that he's he's working on getting up to net and and playing playing you know a little bit of ultra aggressive tennis and he's so he's just so gifted
0: center it sounds a little different when he hits the ball too you love that but with fritz roll it's hard to beat him at his home tournament it's like going on the road and, and trying to win a road game pretty tough there Women's matches have some have some uh, Cinderella stories playing some established players. Sonia Kristea takes on Iga. Caroline, Carolina Mukova with some uh, dazzling tennis gets Rabacchina. And I mentioned it before, Rabakina just it's, she's always been here. This is like a year now we're going on of, wow, this, you know, eventually it's not going to be surprising, right, that she's into a quarterfinal and a semifinal of a tournament.
1: Yeah, probably one of the players that can really hit through this court and be aggressive. I mean, look, I mean, you just look mm-hmm. back at the last – since wimbledon winning the wimbledon title australian open final is playing incredible likely the player that that is going to be facing Giga in the semifinals you have to think but Mukova is a great story we haven't seen much from her this is actually her debut at indian Wells. she's wow. like 26 years old <laughs> i'm oh, not sure happens. where she's been but that's remarkable christe another interesting story now coached by tomas johansen mm. and 32 years old former world number 21 reeling off some big wins beat caroline garcia i uh, going to run into the buzz saw known as Ega today, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what she, what she can come up with.
0: Women's semifinal could be Sakari, Sablanka, Ega Rabakina. That's as good as it gets. I mean, that, that really is just what you could expect for. So uh, excited yeah. to see how this shakes out, Chris Otto. This has been a blast. You can find him on the Lucky Lead Court and on Tennis Now. Uh, and also, just want to point out, first time in uh, Islanders history, they swept the Penguins. So. Got that season sweep for the first time ever.
1: God, they're just barely hanging on by a thread they're for the right to face the Boston Bruins in the first round. Thanks for mentioning that. They won last night, so I'm happy.
0: Hey, and, and I, I wanted to do the t- hockey tie in too because there's been some chatter, deservedly so, about Alcaraz and him being one of the premier athletes in the world in any sport. And yeah, I think it's like him, Connor McDavid are on a short list of guys I would say are. You know given my love to hockey and tennis those would be two of the maybe two guys i would say are the best athletes in the world
1: yeah i think carlos <laughs> is and you know and, and he's still very much developing and we we have a long future with carlos alcaraz and and, and his many rivals i think yannick Sinner is going to be one of them to, you know you guys who are federer fans nadal fans and thinking about well i'm not that motivated to stay involved and watch tennis just go check these kids yeah. out you'll be hooked for another couple decades
0: we're going to get Novak on the clay and Nadal hopefully coming back too. So he'll get the old guard. He'll get the young guard. There'll be some good matches down the pike. And it starts today as we get ready to finish up Indian Wells. Chris Otto, always a blast. You're always welcome on this show. Always fun to learn some stuff from you and talk tennis. Thanks, Mitch. I enjoy it. That was Chris Otto on Tennis Channel Inside In. You can find us on tennis.com slash podcast. The entire catalog of episodes is on the website. We're on all your platforms spotify apple Podcasts, google to name a few and we'll be back next week to recap indian wells look ahead to miami the second leg of the sunshine Double. can't wait to see who holds the crowns in the desert at tennis paradise for chris Otto, my name is mitch michaels this was tennis channel inside in thank you for listening and we'll see you next week